This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you at 8am every single day. I hope you're doing good and well and enjoying what is left of the season. Um, you know, these intros get harder and harder <laughs> to do, especially when what happens happens uh, on Monday nights. Um, but I hope you're managing to take your mind off things outside of, of watching these shows and another podcast and, and I hope more things are going on in your life as well that you don't necessarily have to worry about the world of Arsenal as your primary source of focus like I do anyway good morning uh, everybody join us in the chat box good morning to Matt good morning to Mohammed good morning to Stevie to Brad to Jose to Ray hope you're doing good guys DJ Steele good morning to you Simon Marcus Rahil Anthony Martin good morning guys Ansa, Shreyas, Nikolai, uh, Kevin, good morning. Uh, Rich, Black Shine, Simon Gillian, uh, good morning. Nigel, uh, Damien, Morgie, so much. Thank you so much for joining us as always and so many more of you as well. I have put a poll in the chat box this morning, so uh, make sure that you voted on the poll. The poll question this morning is, are you confident Arsenal will have a good transfer window without Champions League football. Uh, so far, 119 of you have voted. 58% have said yes. 42% have said no. Very split uh, right now. Um, but make sure you press one of those two buttons, vote on our poll, and then once you've voted, press the like button, the little thumbs up under the video. It really does help us out, and I really would appreciate if you could drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new. Without further ado, let's kick on with today's stories. We kick off with Nicolas Pepe uh, speaking uh, on his YouTube channel yesterday. Charles Watts uh, theorised that perhaps that could have been the last we have seen of Nicolas Pepe playing for Arsenal. It was a very disappointing uh, substitute performance, of course. Uh, he offered very little. In fact, the what he did offer was giving uh, Newcastle United probably their best shooting opportunity of the game, which thankfully, I say thankfully because it didn't matter in the end, but thankfully they didn't score from it. Um, but he believes this could be the last time we have seen Nicolas Pepe in an Arsenal shirt. 
Uh, if you remember, he came on against, was it Leeds and got apps or Man United, one of the two, and got uh, very highly criticised by Albert Stuvenberg after the game. Came on in this game uh, against Newcastle and had another very poor game. And the club, I believe, will be looking to move on from Nico Pepe as soon as they feasibly can. Um, moving forwards, and Aaron Hickey, Arsenal continue to be very strongly linked with him. David Ornstein did say that this deal is not as close as a lot of the Italian media believe that it will be. Uh, and also reports coming out from England that both Brentford and Newcastle are said to be fighting with Arsenal to try and sign Hickey. You would think that Arsenal would certainly have the edge. However, both of those teams may be able to offer Hickey more first-team football promises than what Arsenal can. That said, with Europa League football next season, there would be lots of opportunities to play in Europe and in the cup competitions. And of course, with Tierney's fitness, you never know uh, what's going to happen. And so therefore, you should really be able to get plenty of game time with the Arsenal next season. But Hickey, still strong links, still conflicting reports with what David Ornstein has said, but also that Brentford and Newcastle are said to be interested in Aaron Hickey next season. Now, Cody Gakpo has been speaking about his future. He was asked about what might happen. He said anything can happen this summer. I will now calmly compare all the options and see what is best for me. Staying also is another option. It would be a shame if I went somewhere where I wouldn't get a job at all and I could miss the World Cup. I'll keep that in mind. And that, interesting, doesn't pode too well necessarily for Arsenal, who aren't going to be able to guarantee Gakpo, you know, week in, week out football, because we've got Gabriel Martinelli, we've got Emil Smith-Rowe. Perhaps that means that Gakpo would consider uh, a different club. But Arsenal are said to be very interested. The Dutch outlets have maintained that Arsenal have always been leading the race for Gakpo, whether or not not getting Champions League football has affected that or not. And of course, I'm saying that like we have definitely not qualified, but you catch my drift. It's very unlikely that we will qualify for the Champions League. But Gakpo saying that he wants to make sure that he's getting regular game time wherever he moves. I think he could obviously get game time at Arsenal. I think we've seen this season, especially in the second half, that players like Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, even Saka are not scoring enough goals from wide areas. And Gakpo has over 30 goal contributions this season from the wide left position. He can also play centrally. I'm sure he could probably play on the right-hand side if he wanted him to as well. So there is opportunities for Gakpo at Arsenal to get game time and he will be required to score plenty of goals should we bring him into the team next season. Now, Gabriel Jesus is set to be subject of Arsenal's first bids. They are preparing a bid for the Brazilian forward. Man City are now said to want a figure in the region of 50 to 60 million euros. It seems like every single time we talk about this, it keeps on going up and up and up. Once it was 30 million, now it's 40 million, now it's 50 to 60 million. Who knows what, in fact, Man City will ask for? Who knows if he will even leave? But the positives for Arsenal is that Champions League football is not said to be a necessity. Gabriel Jesus' representatives have told sources that he uh, will still consider a move to a club that he believes the project suits him, even if that does not include Champions League football. So that does bode quite well for Arsenal and Jesus if they do indeed want to move for him. Uh, City, of course, have one more game left to confirm their title win. Um, I believe it's against well, Aston Villa. So it's not an easy game. Um, and Liverpool winning last night means that it will go to the final game. And if Liverpool better Manchester City's result, they will steal the title away from them. Gabriel Jesus has been big in City's end of season push towards the title and would be a very, very solid signing 
if we were to get it done. But nothing confirmed, and it could end up being quite a lot more expensive than originally we thought it could do. Uh, and our final headline transfer story of the day is that, lo and behold, after we spoke about this on the channel, which is why I'm a little bit, I'm a bit wary. That said, Fabrizio Romano did talk about this, but it do, I do find it a bit odd that we talked about OK Gundogan being a possible Arsenal experience figure. If you remember, we did a couple, uh, we did a show, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, talking about the experienced players that Arsenal could look to bring in in the summer. And I mentioned Ilkay Gundogan as a possible option. And I think that you'd be mad to turn down the opportunity to sign someone as good as him. Yes, he's in his early 30s. Yes, he would have a, a significant wage. But I think of the quality that he is and the experience that he is, he would be a really good addition. I also don't think it would limit you into not bringing in another central midfielder into the team as well. It could be a great replacement for... not. You think of a great replacement for Elneny. He's better than Granit Xhaka, and yet you're replacing that depth of someone like Elneny for Gundogan. And then you bring in a younger central midfielder as well. Um, but isn't it odd uh, how we spoke about LK Gundogan about a week or so ago, and now we're starting to see these links crop up um, in the media? Look, I'd absolutely take him. Uh, I think he'd be a great addition to the squad, a great addition to the team, um, and a really solid, consistent performer for us. Uh, although maybe he couldn't play every single week, but just having him in the squad, I think, would be fantastic. Um, but City is said to be open to letting him go. Whether or not he wants to go, we don't know. But maybe he wants to to try a different kind of position, different kind of environment, and City will be looking to upgrade in their own way in the summer as well. So let's have a look and wait and see what happens on this one. But I'd be very, very open to seeing Gundogan join Arsenal in the summer. And the final thing today is to inform you that we will be doing another phone-in show today. Um, of course, the last phone-in show that we did came before the Spurs game. And, you know, there was a lot of reluctance, I think, to discuss maybe the manager's future and for people to come on and have a chat about what they think. Um, so at 3 o'clock UK time this afternoon, it's 3 p.m., um, if you would like to come on and ask some questions about the manager, about uh, Arsenal then please make sure that you get in touch. You can contact me on Twitter at Tom Cantor Media or on Instagram via the Guna Talk Instagram page as well. DMs are open on both. If you would like to come on, we'll be doing a slot between about 3 and three and 4.30. Um, it's a first-come, first-served basis. There's already a couple of people that uh, have messaged me about coming on the show from discussions in comment sections and on uh, the other one as well. So uh, on, on the Arsenal Lounge last night, we offered it to. And so uh, we've had people get in contact. But if you would like to get involved in the show, then make sure you send in um, your interest just by going over to either Twitter or over on Instagram uh, to ask your questions about Arsenal and Arteta that you'd like to get discussions and, um, you know, come back at. Uh, is... Oh, hold on. Snipe Dot um, is in the chat. Now, Snipe Dot, I remember you messaged me on Twitter before about coming on the show and then you went radio silent. Perhaps the environment around Arsenal is more akin to what you would like to talk about now. So I invite you to reply to those DMs that you sent me and then ignored. Just going to put that out there. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in for this first part of the show. We're going to move on to your questions in the chat box. Let's make sure we go through as many of them as we can after this short break.
Okay, let's jump into the chat box and get through some of your questions. Thanks. I appreciate that you're liking the new thumbnail designs. They are, uh, as I said before, uh, inspiration uh, that we got taken after I was messaged out of the blue, um, after some very kind people offered to kind of look into those. Ash Gorea, uh, you can find his stuff uh, on Twitter. You can find him at creations.com. Um, that his design inspired me to have another few tweaks of the thumbnails. So I'm glad that you're liking them. I'm looking forward to hopefully getting the new colorations for next season. Of course, we do our colorations for the channel based upon the kit colors uh, that come out, which does mean that we may have a pink thumbnail for next season. But it also does mean that we're going to have one of the most crisp, nice, dark, black colored as you know i do like wearing black so uh those that away shirt is going to feature on the channel as the thumbnails for next season very much forward looking forward to seeing how that turns out in the end um let's scroll up a little bit more because i know there were some questions coming in from others as well i'm sure where was that question Uh, marcus says with so many players having injuries this season and europa league next season how many players do we need to bring in and who goes? I think we need to sign seven players. Seven players is what I would like to see. I'd like to see a goalkeeper, which we've done, so check. Uh, a versatile fullback, so probably Aaron Hickey. Um, an experienced central midfielder, so an Ilkay Gundogan. one. A more potential kind of early to mid-20s central midfielder, be that a Yuri Tillemans or a Fabian or a Neves, someone like that. Um, that would be number four. Uh, a Two strikers make it five and six and a wide forward make it seven uh so that's what i would like i'd like seven signings personally this summer whether or not that's realistic i don't know i hope that it is but it's going to cost a hell of a lot if we want to go in and try and do that i feel like we will spend close to if not more than what we did last summer and that there is the intent to back and uh report i think it was from sam dean uh yesterday on the telegraph claimed that arsenal will still be back in Mikel arteta regardless of the fact of not getting champions league football for next season. Oh, hold on. Is it coming? The TGT sneeze. I can feel it. No. Oh, dearie me. Uh, you know that moment where you're like, oh, it's good. No, it's not going to go. Sorry. It, it, it didn't happen in the end. It might creep up on me again. Uh, Fala says, Tom, wasn't the club's objective uh, Europa League? So it means they were planning for players who would play in the Europa League. So our targets have not changed. Yeah, I think that the targets they would have laid out, um, you know, weeks and weeks ago would have been in mind with the Europa League. If we'd have got Champions League, perhaps they would have had some players in mind that could have stepped up their idea of signing. But they will continue on the pathway that they have established already. Um, let's scroll down. Yeah, Mikel must watch the live shows. Um, Manu says, what does he want to leave City? Or why does he want to leave City? I don't know. Maybe because of competition, regularity of minutes, one more big final move before the end of his contract. Maybe that's what he wants to do. Uh, Marcus says, will you be doing a stay, loan or sell show? I certainly will come the end of the season. Lots of transfer content to come throughout the season. Don't you worry. Um, Perez says, Tom, Edu watches the channel and takes your recommendations seriously. I, I, he should do. He should do. Um, he definitely doesn't. He definitely doesn't. Harvey says, why is there no middle ground, Tom? People are saying they will be impressed if Arteta got us to top four. And if he fails, all the scream is off with his head. Yeah, I'm in the middle ground, Harvey. You know, I said at the start of the season, the fifth was my expectation. Um, if you'd have said to me at the start of the season, we finished fifth, I would have taken it. If you'd have said after the first three games, we finished fifth, I would have taken it. 
It, I think now that Arsenal put a tweet out similar to this, if you'd have said in December that where we finish is fifth, probably would have taken it. If you'd have said to me two weeks ago, would you take fifth? No, I wouldn't because we were in a position where we could have, you know, finished in the top four. We haven't done that, but I'm not going to call for the manager's heads if we are, you know, if <laughs> for achieving what I thought we would achieve this season, what my expectation was. Next season is a different kettle of fish. You know, next season, my eyes are on that top four spot. And if we don't make it, then we've not progressed. And so therefore, we should probably have some conversations about whether we're moving in the right direction after what we expect to be some significant investment in the team. So let's wait and see what happens. Uh, JM says, question, Tom, what do you think about Xhaka's interview and also the Gary Neville comments? Look, Gary Neville has got personal of late. Gary Neville has lost his grounded objectivity. That's what he's done. So I'm not really taking what Gary Neville says seriously uh, or what he's tweeting seriously, to be fair, um, because I think he's got personal. He's very angry and frustrated about the Manchester United situation. He doesn't like teams like Arsenal or Spurs being above a team that he considers to be bigger than them. And so that's affecting his judgment and his analysis of those teams and players. And and for that matter, you know, when it comes down to that Granite Jacker interview, we I have some sympathy. You know, we call on players to be more honest. We call on players to be um, open and have accountability. And I feel like he did that. Sure, he could have worded it better. Sure, he could have probably tried to include himself more in the criticism. If he wants to come out and criticise after a really bad performance, you know, fair enough. I'm not going to chastise him, I don't think, for it anymore. But I will... Um, you know, if he was more specific about the young players, which I don't think he was specific about them, he was asked a question about the young players and he disregarded to differentiate between them and anyone else. He, you know, he planted everyone with the same brush in the team and everyone in the team was poor that night. So I don't have too many issues with it, but I do have issues with, you know, Gary Neville getting personal, <laughs> which is what he is doing. Uh, Kim says, I rate Gundogan very highly, but has he been having many injuries in the last two seasons? I know he had issues before. Yes, and that's why I think he should be looked at as a bonus central midfield signing. If we manage to get him in, it's a bonus. Um, you know, we get him on top of what we've already got and we bring in another central midfielder. I think I was always looking to bring in one centre mid minimum, but Gundogan wouldn't be that minimum expectation. He would be a bonus signing, probably a replacement, as I've said, for El Nenny. Uh, Amira says, Hi, Tom. Do you think the players we've been linked with were because we had the possibility to get in the Champions League or have they always been with the Europa League in mind? Arsenal have approached the transfer window with the idea that we were never going to get Champions League this, this season, really. They've probably stepped up their efforts when the opportunity looked like it could happen. Whether or not that changes the way in which we go for players like Tielemans or Gabriel Jesus, let's wait and see. But it's not necessarily ruled those players out. Only time will tell, and we will have to wait and see. Uh, yes, Marcus, there will be a black thumbnail uh, with the new kit. It's Dreamlands uh, for me. <laughs> Um, I will have to try and make the background stand out a bit more, though, that's for sure. Uh, Amir says, Tom, what do you think Mikel Arteta thinks about this season when he is looking at the 38 games? I think he'll probably look at it as a big missed opportunity and a disappointment in the end. Um, that's how I think you'll view it. Uh, Weedy says, have you seen the news this morning that we might be selling Gabriel to accommodate Saliba? I don't buy that at all. And I don't think that's true. And from the information I am aware of, it isn't true. Arsenal have no intention of selling Gabriel and Gabriel has no intention of going anywhere. So you can probably disregard that story. Uh, Nishad says, even though Hickey is mainly a left back, since he can play right back too, could Hickey be more of a Cedric replacement than Nuno replacement? I don't think more one than the other. I think that he could be a, a replacement for either. I think he can cover either. 
I think neither will leave. I don't think Tavares will leave. I don't think Cedric will leave. But I think adding Hickey into the team will enable us to have a little bit and more options. And if you remember, next season, we've got five subs. So that's also something to take into account. Um, let's go to Hela, who says, uh, doesn't the Newcastle signing of Bruno Guimaraes show that having Champions League isn't alpha and omega? It's not just Bruno Guimaraes. It's signings like Partey and Abamyang and Lacazette. You know, these are signings, Gabriel, that we made without Champions League football. Tierney, you know, we can make good signings and good players without Champions League football. We just can't sign all of the players that we want to see come into the team. Um, Charlie says, Tom, you said a few weeks ago that you wouldn't offer Mikel Arteta a contract if he didn't get top four and that he, if he didn't get Champions League the following season, you would want him to go. Do you still expect Champions League? Yes, I do. Um, it was my preference that we waited on the contract. Um, I have no issue with the contract being given. It was my preference that we waited, but it wasn't a case of, you know, if he signed one, I was going to go down with my pitchfork to the Emirates. I wasn't too, you know, I wasn't against it because it's a contract for a manager. You can sack managers whenever you like. They're not like players. Next season, if we don't get top four, we should be asking questions of the coach. I'm not a person that's going to sit here on a channel and go and get him out of the club because it's a bit weird. Um, but what I will say is that, you know, I think that questions need to be asked if we don't make top four next season because we wouldn't, not if necessarily, we need to qualify for the Champions League. If we finished fifth again, but won the Europa League. You know, it's different. We qualified for the Champions League in that sense. Um, you know, it's it's a step forward from this season because we would have competed on both a league front and a Europa League front and managed to win that competition. So if we don't qualify for the Champions League next season, yeah, you know, questions definitely need to be asked of whether the coach is the right person to lead us going forwards. Uh, let's go to Michael, who says, uh, this team could use some grit in the midfield. If not, Basuma, what other sentiment could we get this summer that will fill that type of role? A bit of grit in the team. Um, it's, it's a word very synonymous with English football. I'm not sure necessarily Basuma brings you grit. I think Basuma brings you hardworking, um, you know, good tackler, um, still good passer. I don't think grit is necessarily a primary trait that we necessarily need. I think we need someone that's consistent. That's what I want. I want consistency from that type of position. Uh, I think Ruben Nevers could bring you some grit if you really wanted it. I think there are players that could bring you grit but wouldn't necessarily bring you the quality that you want. Uh, Amis says, Tom, will there be a show of Harry? Harry's on holiday at the moment. So the Canton and Simu show is on a little bit of a hiatus until Harry gets back from his... Very well-earned and well-timed uh, holiday. So, uh, yes, uh, Harry, we wish you the best and hope you're having a great time uh, over in Spain, I believe. I, for a second, I thought you might have been going to the Europa League final, but I don't know. Uh, Inga says, next uh, next year, top four is the main goal. Silverware in Europe, for me, that must be the target. From Norway, I agree with you. I think that's what we should need to look at. Top four, Europa League trophy, perhaps even a domestic trophy. That's what we should be looking at next season. Vikram, no, I don't think they should sack Arteta. Now, I, I think we've achieved what the expectation was from the season. I'm not going to sack someone for, you know, achieving what I expected. If we had finished, you know, outside the top six, which a lot of people predicted we would have done, then yeah, he should have gone without a shadow of a doubt. If we finished outside the top six again, he should have gone. But we haven't. Um, so he continues for me. Uh, David says, should we sign someone who can play in Erdegaard's position? We don't have any players in the squad who can, uh, who can, which worries me. 
Uh, Arteta doesn't seem to think Smith Rowe is that player. No, I don't think he does think Smith Rowe is that player. I think there's the argument that maybe Charlie Patino could become that player. But is he ready to go into the first team yet? It's a big, big question. Um, next season will be, in my view, his breakout year. But um, there's a, it's a strong argument that, yeah, we should be looking to sign some more depth in the creative central midfield on the right-hand side type of position. Uh, Neil says, Tom, is it not smart to bring in mid-20s experience into mids than bringing in two, which is difficult? Um, no, I think that we should sign an experienced figure and one of those early to mid-20s uh, central midfielders uh, rather than bringing in necessarily too really young or too really young. People misconstrue what Arsenal are trying to do uh, in the market. People think we're, you know, we're just signing young players. We're just going for that younger age profile. That's not true. It's not what Arsenal are doing. That's what we did in 2021. We wanted to rebalance the squad, lower the wage bill, lower the age profile. But that's not only what we're doing. Um, and we want to combine that youth with experience and world-class talent and world-class quality. That's what the club wants to do. They've now got to go and do it, which is very good saying it is another thing doing it. And that's what we want need to see next season. Um, let's go to Vishal. He says, is Jesus really a long-term fix for Arsenal? I don't think so. What do you say? Yes, I think he is a very, very, very good striking option for Arsenal to go for in the summer. I don't think he limits you to just the one. I think he's of an age, which means you've got another five minimum seasons from him. He's versatile, can play in a wide area. He can change the system and he still works. He's hardworking. He's a clinical finisher. He's got loads of great traits. He's good. In, you know, he's got, he can head the ball, even though he's not the tallest, he can still head the ball well. So, and he's got super loads of experience playing for the, one of the best, if not the best coach in the world. And, at Manchester City, winning plenty of, of titles. So, yeah, he's a no-brainer, Gabriel Jesus. I really don't get the resistance to him as a possible option. Uh, we had a super chat as well, which I there it is. Ayaz says, hi, Tom. I really love to be on the show so I can properly explain why I advocate for us fixing our midfield. Ayaz, I know you're very um, passionate about that. Um, as I said, if you want to come on the show, the uh, DMs on Twitter and on Instagram are open for those that have missed that information. Today, 3 p.m. UK time, we are doing a phone-in show. Um, so please, 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 please do contact me and uh, get on the show and ask your questions about Arsenal and Arteta. If you're not happy with the situation, if you think what I'm saying about the manager is wrong and you disagree with it, come and ask me questions as to why I think that and we'll have a good discussion about it. Um, always very welcome, always very respectful and I look forward to having a chat. DMs are open for later, 3 p.m. UK time for that. Uh, let's go to Aaron says, why does Arteta think building a team has to work because of structures when we have good players who know about attacking structures? Does he hold back the players or do they keep back themselves? Aaron, I I'm struggling to understand your question. Um, I think you're asking whether Arteta's kind of limited coaching ability is affecting how well we attack and whether or not that falls on the players to do it. Look, I think that we have lacked that clinical, crucial number nine. Teams play better just naturally when you've got that number nine. Their influence off the ball is felt when they're in the team. And when you get the ball into the box, they are a lot more clinical. And they offer more, especially if you've got more of an aerial threat, changes the way that you play. But I also think that, you know, we've lacked some crucial players. You look at Chelsea this season. Chelsea were expected to be title challengers. Chelsea then lost their main starting left back. And for a lot of the middle part of the season, they lost Reese James as well. 
And all of a sudden, that title dream went down the pan very quickly, despite the fact that they had Lukaku, Werner, Havertz, um, Mason Mount, Ziyech, you name them. Despite the fact they were all these great attacking players, they still finished um, way behind where they were expected to. And so the same goes for Arsenal. In the second half of this season, we've lost Tommy Asu for most of it. And the last 10 games of the season, we've lost, you know, the last seven, eight games, we've lost Tierney. If you lose your starting fullbacks and you've got to try and deal with that, it's a big, big hit to what you're capable of achieving. And Chelsea saw that this season, and we've certainly felt that towards the end of the season as well, not to mention losing Thomas Partey as well. Uh, let's scroll down a bit more. Let's have a check on the poll. If you haven't already voted on today's poll, make sure that you do that. Um, 400 of you over that have now voted. Um, are you confident Arsenal will have a good transfer window without Champions League football? 52% says yes. 48% says no. Very, very split indeed. If I was voting, I would have voted towards yes, but I am the forever optimist, as you know. And if you have voted on that, please make sure you drop a like on the video because there's only 126 of you that have so far liked the video, yet for over 400 of you have voted on today's show. So make sure you drop a like on the video. It really, really does help us out. Uh, Neil says, why the team has lost the fighting spirit lately in the games? You're going to have to ask them, Neil. I really can't come up with an answer for that. I don't know. It's the honest answer. I don't know. Mentally, I, I the only, only explanation I have is that it's a young team and the pressure has just over overrided them. And they're shattered. I think they're absolutely shattered. And that comes down to a lack of planning, comes down to injuries. But yeah, I think they're shattered more than anything, to be honest. Marcus says, take out the behind the scenes issue. Do you not think player-wise we should have been behind Man United? Man United should have been in the Man United should have been in a title race this season. Should have been in a title race. They have massively underperformed. But that's on paper. And it's about what you do with what you've got that gets you where you want to go. And both Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and then Ralph Ranić, who a lot of people, I remember doing a show a couple of years ago where we talked a lot about Ralph Ranić and Arsenal and people were clamouring to see Ralph Ranić take over a position at Arsenal. Absolutely clamouring to see him at Arsenal. And yet we've seen what he's done there. I know it's in a coaching role, but that's where he started really mainly um, in the world of football is with his coaching. And it's not gone well. Uh, they've brought in Ronaldo. They've brought in, you know, 80-odd million pounds worth of Jaden Sancho, Rafa Varane. You look at that team and people talk about, you know, um, the fact that we've played one game a week, which isn't true, uh, especially when you compare to our rivals. It, it matters even less. But when you consider the players they've got and the depth that they've got in that team, they should never in a million of years have finished where they are. And if anything, it's a testament to what we've done and that we confirmed our position over Man United weeks ago. So, yeah. Uh, Fallas says, do you think the club's objective would change next season to qualify for the Champions League or will the club have no target? Oh, no, they'll be looking to progress, Fala. Um, This season we're seeing, you know, go back to Europa League. Next season it has to be Champions League. Has to be Champions League. Um, let's go to... My chat keeps jazzing out. I don't know what's going on. Manu says, where do you see Paqueta next season? PSG? Yes. Madrid? No. Newcastle? Maybe. Could we even get him? I doubt it. I think that PSG or Newcastle is where he will probably end up going. Uh, Silas says, Tom, do you think makeshift backups have cramped? Yes, probably. I think everyone's just shattered. <laughs> They've all just absolutely just run themselves into the ground at this point. Some players have been overplayed because we've had to. 
You know, Bakaya Saka has had to have been played as much as he has because Nicolas Pepe is just not good enough as a backup. Um, Smith Rowe has been a shadow of the player he was in the first half of the season. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure why. Martinelli has not scored as many goals as he's needed to. And, you know, the striker position has just been a nightmare ever since January. Um, so, yeah, and losing Partey has been massive as well. Uh, let's go to scrolling down. Uh, Greg, who's very angry. Um, why are you trying to defend? Hold on. Let me do it the justice. Why are you trying to defend Arteta? He sends all of our players away without bringing any. Pathetic. Um, Greg, thanks for your shouty comment. Um, when defending Arteta, you know, I don't think it's about defending Arteta. I, I've said a, a number of times, I expected us to come fifth. I thought that's where we would be. I thought we would finish fifth this season. We've done that. Um, we've experienced ridiculous injuries at the end of the season. But I think you're right, Greg. You know, in January, we made mistakes. We absolutely made mistakes. We could have improved the midfields. We could have improved um, the striking positions. We didn't. And I think that probably cost us top four alongside the injury issue. And because of that, um, we missed it. But that said, you know, I think that the, the issues with those injuries had Tommy Asu, had Partey, had Tierney all been fit for the second half of the season, um, I think we would have finished top four. And because of that, I think there was the opportunity for us that we could have overachieved if the players were available. We didn't. It's a shame. It really is. Next season, if we miss out on Champions League, certainly I'll be criticizing and questioning whether or not Mikel Arteta is the right man for the job. Um, Vishal says, don't you think Arsenal's transition since Arsene Wenger has been too long and it's still a work in progress? Why? Do you think the board had no clue where to uh, go when Wenger left? Yeah. Obviously, Vishal, the, the board and the uh, executive part of the club is one of the most ex inexperienced boards and group of directors in the footballing industry. And they're in charge of one of the biggest clubs in the game. Mistakes have been made. Raul Sanyehi was one of the worst appointments we could have brought into the club. Not allowing Sven Mislintat to have a better hold on the way in which we recruited players. And, and probably, maybe, appointing a new coach more so. You know, Unai Emery was a lot closer with the, the Raul Sanyehi side of things. Uh, so Mislintat wasn't massively involved at all with the Arteta side of things. I don't know how much he was involved with the Arteta thing when before we went for Unai Emery. But Sven Mislintat was a real missed opportunity. A real missed opportunity. Um, and letting him go really did cost us. Really did cost us. And I think that the decisions that have been made from an executive level have been mad. Appointing Arteta in the first place was a naive choice. A real naive choice. In that situation where, you know, you're out of Europe, um, you're in a position where you look like you're going backwards, Appointing a coach with no experience for the first team was very, very, very risky. And, you know, I, I've wanted it to succeed. I've wanted it to work. And there's been times where I've certainly didn't think it was going to and certainly have preferred us to change after Villarreal, after Manchester City. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, it's it's hopefully going to work out. But it's, you know, there's still so many doubts about Arteta. So a lot of doubts, a lot, a lot of doubts. I would never turn around to anyone who says they want Arteta gone and say, I think that that's ridiculous. I think you're ridiculous for wanting Arteta. I don't think anyone who wants Arteta gone right now 
I can necessarily turn around to them and say, I think you're wrong. I don't think that's the right place to be. If it's a case of that opinion you're holding is meaning that you are actively discouraging us to do well, different. But I don't think I'd criticise someone for having the opinion that Arteta should go because, you know, I think there is a position where you think that Arsenal should be already in the Champions League, which is fine. You know, having those expectations of Arsenal is fine. Um, it's different to mine, and that's fair. It's not nothing to do with standards. It's just I think that I'd rather Arsenal approached a kind of gradual build-up with the aim of having longer-term stability and competing for those titles like the Champions League, like the you know the Premier League, by building up gradually rather than, say, going for a, a Conte or someone like that now to give you an immediate success, but questionably really damaging the, the, the possible long-term future of the club. I'd rather see a gradual increase. And to do that, I think we did have to go backwards before we go forwards. So when you kind of talk about Arteta took us from fifth to eighth, I think that's mad. I don't really agree with that. I think that we are always going to have to go backwards to go forwards. And it wasn't a case of taking us from there to there. We've had to do certain things. We're going to take us back before we can head forwards again by rebalancing, by weakening in some places. It's not been perfect. And we certainly need to improve in certain areas. But hopefully this season and this summer, we can do that. And there was a chance that we could have finished in the top four this season ahead of schedule, which I think is, a, you know, is, is evidence of the capacity of what we're capable of achieving as well. Um, let's go to... I hope that answered your question. Um, <laughs> I hope it did. Jack says, Tom, what do you genuinely think about Martinelli? If I'm honest, I think he's ridiculously overrated. Poor Finnett, he's 20 years old, mate. He's 20. Like a lot of the kids in the team, you'd be struggling to find many 20-year-olds in the Premier League that are as doing as much as he is <laughs> and being asked to do as much as he is. You'll struggle. So I don't think he's overrated at all. I think he's a brilliant talent. He's not world-class. He's not top-class. He's a great, great, great talent of a player. He's 20. I don't know why we'd write him off at that stage. Ashton says, if we get Europa League next season, I think Arteta should stay... Uh, we spent two seasons in eighth place, so another in Europe. I disagree, Ashton. I, for me, I don't agree with that personally. And, you know, feel free to remind me of this video if you see me swerving away. The only, only, only reason why I would ever ex not accept but be relatively okay is if we had the worst injury crisis ever next season, which even if we did, we should be preparing for that with a, you know, with a squad depth and the building of this team in this summer it's the only and it's a very very small percentage chance that i'd even accept it then but next season we should be looking to achieve top four not sorry we should be looking to qualify for the champions league minimum minimum expectation is qualifying for the champions league next season and if we don't do that i will be asking questions and i will be saying is Arteta the right person to be leading us forwards? Because, you know, the amount of time and the amount of money I then expect and the amount of players that he's then got at his disposal and what we should have done and maybe some of the mistakes, if they are repeated again, will come up. So let's wait and see. But I would not be sitting here and accepting finishing outside of the top four at all. Um, Jermaine says, I agree with the fact there has been an over-reliance on the young players to deliver. How we used Laka and Eddie is how we should have used Pepe and Saka in games. El Nenny's rotation with Partey. I think that we haven't really been able to. 
Um, unfortunately, we've not really been able to rotate because every single game has been so key. And because we don't have that kind of midweek, especially in the first half of the season, sense of having games against Vorskla or Karabag, teams that, you know, with respect, we should be beating with our second string side. We haven't really been able to risk rotating players because the difference between Saka and Pepe has been so great. The difference between Partey and Lokonga and Elneny is so great that we have had to use them. The difference between Tommy Asu and Cedric is so great. Tierney and Tavares is so great. The difference between those two players, those backups and the starters, is so big that we haven't been able to afford to rotate at all because it risked derailing our season, our objectives. So that's why I don't think we've been able to rotate. And we didn't have a squad designed for rotation. People want to always bring up the idea that, oh, we've played one game a week. We're not in Europe. Look what we've done. If we've got European next football next season, how on earth are we going to expect to compete when we've got all of that, when you see what's happened this year? The squad was never designed to deal with Europe this season. We built the squad in a way to only have Premier League and Cup competitions this season. Had we have had European football, I would imagine that we would approach the transfer windows very, very differently. Sure, that's theory, but that's what I expect. So when you talk about we've only had one game a week, next season's going to be so much harder. It is going to be so much harder, but we've also got to prepare for next season in the right way. We've got to prepare for next season by bringing in the depth and the strength and the quality that we need to cope with that. Hopefully, we'll be seven players stronger in our first team squad next season. That's what I want to see. I want to see seven players come into the team in the summer to improve this squad. So let's wait and see what happens. Uh, Rich says, youngest team finishing fifth, two to five points behind Spurs with Caden Son. I feel the main reason we slipped up is because we had to rely on youth so much and it was unfair to expect Saka to carry us through it. It was unfair, Rich. I agree with you. But what I would say is that there was the opportunity in January to uh, tackle that problem. And we unfortunately didn't tackle that problem uh, like we could have done. And the injuries, of course, as well, which is out of our hands, did not help at all. Amira says, have we forgot that this is the first season this young team have played together? Even so, the first 11 haven't played much together. So many players struggle in their first year, but ours can't. Um, you're going to find sympathy hard to come by, Amira, I'm afraid. Uh, you're going to find it very, very hard to come by. Frank says, Tom, which other available manager do you think is out there that can match pep? None. None that can match them. Um, there isn't one that can match them, I don't think. I don't think Diego Simeone matches them. Um, I don't think Eric Ten Hag would have matched them. If we were going to change coach, you would have had to bring someone in again that was going to build up to that point. Um, even you look what Ancelotti did. You look what Rafa Benitez did at Everton and it was failure. And I think that if you look at possible options, I'd be looking to say a Christoph Galtier maybe. If we were to change coach, someone like him to come in and see what would happen. So let's wait and see. Um, Amir says, it's just hard for me to sack someone who achieved my... Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I'm at, Amir. Like, that's that's why I don't want to change in coach because we achieved what I, what I expected of this season. What my expectation was at the start of the season was for us to get fifth because I thought we had the fifth best squad. Um, and so it's as simple as that for me. Uh, Jack says, we need new fullbacks and a new top midfielder. Uh, Tommy and Tierney are too injury prone. I, I agree with you. Uh, I think he's made a Weetabix. I think there's just a specific injury that he has that he's having a lot of problems shaking off and recovering from. We shouldn't be rushing him back for Everton. We should be getting him fit for the start of next season. That's what we need to do. Um, Pedrag says, Arteta is the right man for Arsenal and time will prove it. Hope you're right because if it does, if you are right, it means Arsenal is succeeding. 
And that's all that matters is that Arsenal succeed and get where they need to go. Let's have a quick check on the poll. Wow, exact split 50-50. Over 500 of you have now voted. 50% say yes, you are confident Arsenal will have a good transfer window without Champions League football. 50% say no. Still only 171 likes, people. Come on, if you're voting on the poll, please make sure you uh, click the like button on the video. I will be back at 3 p.m. UK time for our phone-in show discussing all things Arsenal, Arteta, Edu, transfers. If you've got a question uh, about anything, bring it along. Uh, send us a message on Twitter at Tom Canton Media or at the Talk TV or on Instagram at the Talk. You'll be able to find us there. Send us a message. You'll be able to get on 18+. plus. Make sure you've got a webcam and a mic and a good internet connection and a quiet place to record, and you can come on the show. I'll be making sure to put this out on Twitter and all of our other platforms as well to continue to notify and remind you. We've already got a couple of people lined up. If you would like to come on, it is first come, first serve, so do get in touch i will see you then 3 p.m uk time this afternoon i hope you have a fantastic day do drop a like on the video do subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show see you soon guys have a great day and as always up the arsenal It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.